All right, and we are live. Hey, what happened to your little angry stuffed animal? Thought you were going to put him up there. Oh, there you go. Valeria is angry. Valeria, why are you angry? Because America doesn't care about legal immigrants. <laughs> yes, America does not care about legal immigrants. They only seem to care about illegal immigrants. We got a notification today. Valeria. <laughs> uh, Valeria got a notif notification today that her court case for immigration had been pushed back yet again. They just keep pushing us back month after month, year after year. We're just stuck in this, like, immigration purgatory. And so uh, if anybody out there knows a good immigration person who knows their way to, uh, you know, deal with this horrible system, please let us know. At the Reagan esque conservative at gmail.com. Or if anybody is a lawyer and can sue the immigration court. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get people on it uh, that I know. You know, I know some, some people with connections, but uh, ever since Trump left office, my connections are uh, significantly limited <laughs> compared to what it used to be. Everybody in the federal government's been replaced by a degenerate leftist. So I don't know how easy it's going to be for us to navigate this. But. We're working on it. So hopefully we'll get this all sorted. Okay. Darling, do we have any other updates? Anything else with our personal life? Anything else exciting? Oh, I, I took um, a stool sample the other day. And uh, Valeria will be mailing it out tomorrow. She was supposed to mail it out today, but she didn't leave the house. So, uh, you know, I'll beat her later. But, uh, yeah, so she's going to mail it out tomorrow. yesterday. Oh, crap. I have to email your crap. Yeah, you have to email my crap, yeah. Literally. <laughs> oh, literally. It's just the size of a pea in a little vial, in a little baggie, Stop. in a little mailing thing. Literally. So it's like, you know, it's... Drinking. It's like a Matroshka doll of crap. <laughs> anyway, so, so, um, yeah, so I'm going to find out what all my microbiome stuff is. I'll, I'll talk about that on the show a little bit, but uh, I'll find out what I can and can't eat. What uh, what's giving me uh, some kind of <clears throat> what do they call it uh, <clears throat> inflammation? You know, maybe I can maybe I'll reduce that to some degree through diet, and uh, maybe what's keeping me fat because I can't seem to figure that out. Anyway, Valeria. Oh my gosh, I'm so dark. Oh, what happened? Oh, the sun went down. <laughs> the sun went down. Shall we? Shall we boost you back up? All right, start start speaking to the people while I'm gone. Um, Zombie Teddy said, I'd love to help, but it took me nine years to, to my citizenship. Yeah, this is not going to, uh, this is not going to be ideal, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I should have it on some kind of like a uh, automatic shutter yeah. speed thing. Can it like re regulate? Yeah, I can regulate, but I... I only ever use manual, so I'm not used to that. So I'll have to work that out. But anyway, uh, darling. Yeah, people said, wait, you married an American. Yeah, I read you that. You should have gotten a fast track to citizenship. Yes. Zombie Teddy. Yeah, well, that's our point. That's that's our problem. Everything is ready. Everything is proven. I just need to go to the court, get my green card. And they're like, mm, you have to wait another two years. 
I was like, my yeah. court was supposed to be two weeks. It mm -hmm. was supposed to be on May 7th. And I was like, okay, thank God I can get my green card, can leave the country, visit my grandma who thinks she's going to die before I can, we can meet yeah. each other again. And I last two years, I'm like. Well, you need to call her and be like, grandma, you might have to live a little longer. A couple more years. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Would you like to read the first headline, darling? Yeah. All right. Academy Awards lowest ratings ever. Yeah, Academy Awards has the lowest ratings ever this year. Uh oh, what do we got going on here? That's not good. Why? <clears throat> um, well, because they suck. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Well, let me read because this guy is a pretty good writer, Johnny Oleksinski, uh, excellent writer. So I'm going to read some of his stuff, but then I'm going to express the reasons I think. The Academy Awards did poorly this year uh, because I read through some of this and he, he doesn't seem to hit the nail on the head, I don't think. He just talks about how it's not particularly well produced, um, which I didn't watch the Academy Awards, so I can't comment on that. But I can tell you why I didn't watch them and why I think most of America didn't watch them. All right, let's have a look here. If you open the window and listen closely Sunday night, you could hear it. The sound of millions of remote controls changing the channel during the 2021 Oscars. Excuse me. And after last night's debacle, the worst Academy Awards of my lifetime, they may never return. Producing St producer Steven Soderbergh, the man who directed Traffic and Aaron Brockovich, among many other fine films, held the, helmed the broadcast and was determined to make it more intimate and cinematic than usual. All right. Well, as a movie critic, I'll play ball. Steven Soderbergh's The Oscars gets one star. <clears throat> the night was nearly non-stop drudgery, zero humor, and a format that tried even the most resolute of attention spans. Too bad the ceremony started out promising. Wait. Too bad, period. The ceremony started out promising. Presenter Regina King confidently strutted through Los Angeles Union Station, which was reconfigured to host the event, like it was a catwalk during Fashion Week. She arrived at a neat Art Deco-looking banquet hall where the trophies would, uh, would be handed out. Cool, new, fun. Yeah, I, I don't mind that because like uh, new locations or, you know, the, the, you know, I think Steven Soderbergh would be good at that, right? Like hiring good set decor decorators or um, location scouts to find good locations to do this and, and to make it look more interesting and cinematic. Um, I do not like Regina King. I've seen her in many, many films. I find her utterly insufferable. And I'm not really sure what it is I don't like about her. Regina King. Is this her real last name? Yeah. Really? Yeah. But uh, I don't mean, I don't know. Maybe she changed it. But uh, I mean, but she's uh, <clears throat> she's always <laughs> this is this is really a cruel thing. Was for it me to an say, Oscar but... last night? Yeah. I didn't even know. About no. It. Yeah. Uh, 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 they, she's always presented in movies as like this really beautiful woman. And I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, this dress from Louis Vuitton is beautiful, but she 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 was in a, a show, a, a, a movie called Friday. I think I think she was in Friday, uh, and she was very young. She was like a teenager. And in that movie, um, you know, if you're a young man watching that movie, uh, she did look cute to some degree. She was kind of, I think, like the, you know, the girl in the film that people that that, that boys watching are supposed to like fall in love with and thinks hot or whatever. Like you know, and that was fine. I mean, she was a she was like a teenager. She was in her early twenties or something, and uh, yeah, and she looked good in that movie. But as she got older, they still kept presenting her as like the most beautiful girl in the movies because she had this kind of cult following i think of guys that thought she was hot 
but she got as she got older and older and older she she was not that attractive but she kept kept getting anyway i don't this is this is a really a cruel thing to say i shouldn't really be saying this i uh, but anyway but she's uh but i i i found i've always found her to be annoying um but the reason here here's the reason i think she's annoying actually i'll i'll say this she does not have any charisma uh charisma at all no charisma zero charm what she, movie was she in well, when she was young, she was in a movie called Friday. The movie that I first saw her in was... I don't know, I don't know, I don't know any of this movie. No, no. Uh, the movie that I remember her from was a film with Will Smith and Gene Hackman. Uh, I remember in the trailer, he, he yells... Uh, uh, he, he says, like, why did you blow up the building? And Gene Hackman goes, because you made a phone call. That was like a really big deal like in the, in the late 90s. Uh, I don't, I don't remember what that movie's called though. It was a great movie, uh, but Regina King was the wife, and I remember thinking like, why'd they cast her as Will Smith's wife? And then I realized she was in the show Friday, uh, in this movie Friday that that she was popular from. But anyway, um, I don't like her. I find her annoying. I find her very unpleasant. But here, here's why I suppose they brought her in to, to present early on. Um, I, I think it's you know because she's a black woman. I think probably a lot of this was, really? that's my guess. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they just like her. I don't know. But that would be my guess. Um, let's see here. Okay. Yeah. For a good 90 seconds, while the retro set suggested a classic Dean Martin roast, we got a kindergarten graduation ceremony instead. So the guy's saying that like the set was like the best thing about the, the Oscars. At this event, which ostensibly is meant to celebrate the movies, we rarely saw clips of any movies, uh, any films. Rather, we were told saccharine trivia about the nominees. So-and-so used to work as a telemarketer. What's-his-name researched his role really super hard. When the cinematographer, sorry, when the cinematography, editing, and acting nominees were called out, viewers didn't get to see their extraordinary output. We listened to dumb tidbits available online. The Academy believes the movies in the movies so much they made the best picture, the third to last category of the night, Nomad, Nomadland 1. I haven't seen Nomadland, and I don't really have an interest in seeing it. It seems like one of those kinds of films that, you know, people who think they're smart like, because it's just like, you know, it's very whatever. It's got good cinematography or something like that. But I don't know. Maybe it's amazing. Maybe it's amazing. They, they always, People in Hollywood, by the way, they love great acting and by great acting they mean like lots of crying and people making themselves look ugly that's that's what they love yeah are you, are you annoyed with the, the lighting yeah um well you can set it you can set the the thing on the top to like automatic downing yeah there's an a just look at the top dial and flip it to a see what happens that should be that should be aperture priority yeah just flip, just switch it. Good lord. Yeah. So, so well, okay. Yeah, yeah, just leave it then. <laughs> I don't know. 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 So you don't know. I well, I have to I have to play with it and make sure I get it right. Okay, let's see here. Um. Okay, let me keep reading his roast of the of the Oscars. Meanwhile, our eyes couldn't take this self-righteous snooze fest. The camera work was purposefully shaky. The acceptance speeches were shot pretentiously off-center. 
and the cinematic frame rate robbed this news event of electricity. They could make a buck selling the telecast as a smartphone sleep improvement app. <laughs> at least your average kindergarten graduation, the cute little kids uh, sing a... Okay, sorry. At least at your average kindergarten graduations, the cute little kids sing a tune. This year, all the best song nominees were relegated to the red carpet pre-show, which even a few, even fewer people watched, so there was no variety to spice things up. Uh, no one of the broadcasts, many indulgences, none of the broadcasts, many indulgences were the fault of the winners. <clears throat> there were memorable moments in the speeches. The best moment of the night was Yu Jung Yun flirting with Brad Pitt and asking, where were you when we were filming? Um, I didn't see that, so I don't understand that at all. Uh, early on, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, hilariously thanked his parents for having sex to conceive him. And touchingly, Thomas Vinterberg honored his daughter, who died shortly before he made another round. Uh, Glenn Close danced. I don't really care about any of this. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so is this the woman that was flirting with Brad Pitt, I guess? I, I don't know. But there is one good thing that happened during the Oscars. Is somebody texting you something funny? Go on. Say it. I want to hear it. I feel like I'm a teacher in school. And you're sharing notes, and I'm asking you to read it for the class. Go on, what was the text? When my friend, uh, she's watching my show and said, well, what, what, what happened with lighting? You look like a Lennon. And I was like, Lennon? <laughs> and she sent me this picture of Lennon laying in this, like, black room. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> because that, it like, was too dark. Vladimir Lennon? Yes. Mm. Because it was too dark and it looks the same. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So, but this was the, the only good thing that I was aware of. Um, Tyler Perry <clears throat> got the Humanitarian Award because he's a really good... He said something incredibly controversial. And I, I heard that he'd gotten a lot of backlash for this, although I couldn't find it online in the short amount of time I was preparing for the show. But he said... Sit down for this, guys. You're gonna. This is like shocking. Shocking. If I'm sitting down, can I lay down? He can lay down, just like Lennon. He said uh, he refuses, despite what the media tells him, he refuses to hate white people. I mean, honestly, like, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. He said it at Oscar? No, he was getting an Oscar, and that was his Oscar speech. His like, speech? Yeah. Can we yeah. see that? Yeah, I'm going to play it right now. Hold on. So, this is the end of his Oscar speech. He talks a little bit about his mom. He talks about excuse me, a homeless person he was trying to help uh, because, you know, if you're getting a humanitarian award, you might as well talk about the homeless person you're trying to help. But, you know, it was a very good story. It was a very good story. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, give him any crap for that. But, uh, yeah, an, uh, an amazing moment where he actually kind of criticizes the mainstream media. And, by the way, Tulsi Gabbard just put out a video where she was criticizing the mainstream media. She called the mainstream media propaganda. I, I, a tear came to my eye. Well, that's not really true. But I was actually very impressed with uh, Tulsi Gabbard because she's a Democrat. And granted, she's a very conservative Democrat. She's sort of a a dino. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, what a powerful thing for a Democrat to say. And this is a powerful thing for a black, powerful producer in Hollywood to say. And I think I love this guy now. All right, let's go ahead and play this for you guys. 
My mother taught me to refuse hate. She taught me to refuse blanket judgment. And in this time, and with uh, all of the internet and social media and algorithms and everything that wants us to think a certain way, the 24-hour news cycle, it is my hope that all of us would teach our kids, and not only to remember, just refuse hate. Don't hate anybody. I, I refuse to hate someone because they are Mexican or because they are black or white or LBGTQ. I refuse to hate someone because they are a police officer. I refuse to hate someone because they are Asian. I would hope that we would refuse hate. And I want to take this Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award and dedicate it to anyone who wants to stand in the middle, no matter what's around the wall, stand in the middle, because that's where healing happens. That's where conversation happens. That's where change happens. It happens in the middle. So anyone who wants to meet me in the middle to refuse hate to refuse blanket judgment, and to help lift someone's feet off the ground. This one is for you, too. God bless you, and thank you, Academy. I appreciate it. Thank you. What a good guy. There's a Frank James said, while we are refusing hate, did we remember the intro? Oh, my God. Hilarious. Come on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is our magnificent intro. <laughs> we are the least professional show on YouTube. I am toxic. She is masculine. Together, we are toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. All right. So, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> is he going to get canceled? Tyler Perry? No, definitely not. First of all, he produces all his own stuff. He's very, very wealthy. Mm-hmm. He's very, uh, he, he makes the film. He's the one that cancels other people. <laughs> he's the one that fires you if you didn't like your politics. Uh, but I don't think he's the but kind he's of guy who Democrat, would do that. Right? Probably he's a Democrat as far as Hollywood is concerned. Mm-hmm. But my guess is that no, you, you wouldn't say those things <clears throat> on that stage. If you were a Democrat, my guess is that he is, uh, I, th- I think he's probably a conservative. Libertarian slightly to the right? No, I think he's a solid conservative. To the right, to the right. I had a buddy who used to make a joke, but he goes, uh, it's an Australian joke. Australians are a little bit racist. Like they're, they don't even give a <laughs> like crap. Russians. They will just say whatever. Like Russians. No, not all of them, obviously, but. Um... <laughs> who did? You guys want to get let on in a little secret? This is a that's actually a big secret. This is not a little secret. I am working with somebody currently to maybe he'd kill me if he knew I said this on on live, but I'm going to say it anyway because you guys are a small group. You guys won't share this. Seventy eight people. Okay, we are trying to work on maybe we're in the very early stages. Oh man, we got some big names. Oh, I'm just going to write this guy back because this is crazy. Whoa. I'm just terrified. You don't know what I'm about to say. I'm not, I don't know. And it's like, Chris, don't say that. Don't say anything. Okay, these are big names. These are good. This is good. We are, we're in the early, early stages of setting up a good award ceremony. Uh, an actual, an award ceremony people will want to watch. An award ceremony of conservative social media people like like myself yeah are you gonna be the winner <clears throat> no 
No, I don't think I'm going to be nominated for anything. I'm helping to organize it, set it up, promote it, because I'm connected. You know, I'm connected to a lot of the people online and stuff like that. So we're going to bring in. We've got some big names already attached. Donald Trump. This guy writes, this is going to be incredible. We're going back and forth between different options about where to have it. What's your opinion? Um, I'm just telling him I'm going to get back to him. Um, but yeah, we're going to have an award ceremony like the Oscars or like the Emmys or something like that, but it's going to be all, it's going to be hilarious. First of all, that's the, the number one thing we're trying to bring to it is comedy. And the reason for that is so that we can basically make it what like the Oscars used to be, not what that is, which is just this like very serious, oh, political stuff all the time. Political stuff is so important. Black people need more representation. Women need more representation. You know, obviously we're not going to be talking about that crap. You know, we're going to be making fun of ourselves. We're going to be making fun of, you know, we're going to be making fun of the left, obviously. But uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be actually a fun event. It's going to be entertaining. I don't know how long it's going to be. It'll probably be a pretty long event. But um, we're going to have all the Is big... Is it going to be where, do you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. We, we're still kind of deciding where to have it. But... Um, yeah, this is this is not like a for sure thing. It's just one of the projects we're working on, but it seems like we're getting some really big people on board. So the bigger people you get on board, the more likely the thing is going to be able to happen. So yeah, I, I think that it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it's it's one of those things that will kind of, you know, people feel that, that an entity or a group is validated in the culture if they can see them. What are you, what are you doing? What, what's being written now? Okay, share, share it with the class. What you're reading. <laughs> All right, I'm just I teasing. realize there's this Melania Trump's birthday and I just wrote happy birthday in her Instagram. Sorry. Am I that boring? Am no, I that boring? I darling, of course not. <laughs> of course not. I just I just That's like the most Chris, sarcastic Chris, of course not ever heard. Saying such interesting stuff that I will forget about this. <laughs> We're uh, for me right now, then. now you know what it's like to live with this woman. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyway, so that's kind of one thing that we're doing. But anyway, love Tyler Perry. I mean, I literally love Tyler Perry now. I never really thought much of Tyler Perry one way or the other. I didn't dislike him. I didn't like him. I've never seen a Medea movie. You know, I know what he does. I know what he does. But I've never watched that stuff. You know, I'm not black. I'm not like, I'm not in, I'm not in, like into that cultural stuff. So I don't, I've never really, I'm not privy to it. Uh, uh, I've seen him in other movies. I've seen him in stuff. He's fine. He's fine. I think he was in, I don't even remember, but I've seen him in something. And I, I like him. I've always liked him. I always thought he was fine. But I've never, I've never had a particular interest in him one way or the other. I've never disliked him or liked him. Um, Ashley, Ashley Murphy says, you should ban mainstream media from attending. No, I, I won't ban mainstream media from attending. Uh, uh, anybody who wants to show up and, and, and help out and work or, or do, you know, sh you know just show walk the red carpet or whatever if it's somebody from fox or something i'm okay with that uh, i know a lot of people hate fox now but uh but you know uh it's just an event uh well, obviously the people who win the awards and who are nominated are going to be all social media people because that's kind of where where our focus is it may expand later to just be all conservatives but uh for now it's mostly social media that's that's the, kind of our focus but anyway um i wanted to say uh that this this critic who's talking about how good or bad the awards were 
Can I just say I now want to work with Tyler Perry? Uh, sorry, I'm like I'm like on this Tyler Perry kick now. Like I want to go watch all his movies. I want to like be his best friend. Like he's de- he's down the street here. I could go probably meet him at some point. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I have a connection to Tyler Perry. But but here's the thing: I never thought, oh, I want to work with Tyler Perry. You know, he makes those Medea comedy movies, which I mean, I think he's a billionaire. I mean, I think he's like super, super rich. So, I mean, he's obviously done really well for himself. Those movies are super popular. I've never seen one. I can't tell you whether or not I like them or I don't like them. But, you know, if you've never seen somebody's work, I, you know, you can't say, oh, I love this guy or I don't like it or whatever. But because of that speech, because he's saying meet in the middle, meet in the middle. He's speaking to Hollywood in the way he knows he needs to. To not offend them. Because, but here's the thing. Meet in the middle is a criticism specifically of Hollywood. Um, or the person who collects the stories for the show wrote that Diary of a, a Mad Black Woman is hilarious. Okay, well, I'll, I'll watch that. We'll watch it. So, <clears throat> if you're saying that you, uh, that you, you, you think that pe- people politically should meet in the middle... That's a pure criticism of the left. That's a pure criticism of the left. Because the right, we're constantly trying to talk to the left and have discourse and compromise and, and meet in the middle. And the left's always saying, no, we must be only leftists. And, and, and everything on the right is pure evil and racist. I mean, they don't, they don't even engage. So if you're saying meet in the middle, you're not talking to the right. You are talking specifically to the left. You're telling the left to shift right. Uh, I, I, it seems to me that Tyler Perry is absolutely a conservative. Um, he may not be completely conservative in all of his political uh, ideas, but uh, he seems to me, the, by that speech, that's my guess. That's what I'm thinking. I would want to work with him. All right, sorry. I went on a little bit too long about that, but I will say this. Here's the reason why I think that the Oscars did not do well. It, I don't think it has anything to do with the production value or how boring it was. But did you notice, like, they had such a tiny space to do this Oscar? Yeah, well, room, like, I think they had a lot fewer people because of, of COVID. COVID. Yeah, yeah. Don't you want to get a <laughs> bigger space? Well, I, I think that they just had fewer people. They had okay. so few people there that that I I thought that I think that they suspected that it was they didn't need to enjoy it. I don't know I don't know, but uh, but I think the reason people didn't watch the Oscars didn't have anything to do with the production quality because nobody knew what it was going to be like before they turned it on. Uh, you know I'm sure people turned it off and uh, you know quickly because they thought it was horrible. But um, I don't think a lot of people tuned in to begin with, and I think that has a lot to do with just the nature of of entertainment today um stars are not what they used to be you know it used to be that a movie star was something that was legendary people people idolized uh you know movie stars they thought they were the best thing in the world but now in order to be entertained you don't have to watch movies after uh, leonardo dicaprio got his oscar finally i stopped watching oscars <laughs> did you like leonardo dicaprio uh, mm, after i met him personally no 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 i meant before were you like a big it fan was, because of Titanic and that? It was Russian goal to Leonardo DiCaprio get his Oscar because he deserved it and they didn't give him... Oh, because DiCaprio is part Russian. His grandma is Russian. Yeah, yes. Pe- Russians think and that, Russians that... like, And he wasn't getting Oscars for like years, which he's supposed to get a long time ago, but they weren't giving him for some I reason. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Russians are and obsessed with DiCaprio. Like, okay, he got his Oscar. Done. And then, and then Valeria worked with him on a on a movie, and she was like, 
mm, whatever. <laughs> now she's she's like over it. Um, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's a great. Guy. No, okay, no. All right, I don't. Know. I don't. Know. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. You like Brad Pitt though. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, Brad Pitt's he's awesome. He's awesome. Okay, we like Brad Pitt. <clears throat> um. Okay, so so, Jeremy, absolutely. We need to come up with a name. We do need to come up with a name for our for our award show. Next article. Yeah, next article. Next article. Thank you, thank you for thank you for for, for guiding me. I've got too much stuff going on. All right, let's do it. Next article. I'm not gonna switch to myself. Oh yeah, yeah. You can. Yeah, if you want. You always do that. Well, I wasn't going to. That's what okay. I'm waiting for. I was, I'm changing things up. Okay. Some variety. <laughs> Just so you guys know, there's this thing. Well, no, I'm going to tell. Well, you have to switch back then. Okay, so when we first got together, Valeria was, I, I mentioned this before on the show, Valeria at one point when we were dating mentioned like, why do guys cheat on girls? Like if they're happy with the girl. And um, I don't remember why you asked that. It was something in the news or something like that. And I said, well, guys, the guys kind of like, uh, you know, guys like variety. <laughs> And then at some other point, I don't know why, I was talking about something not to do with women. It was like food or something, or or I think it was travel. I, I, I like travel. I think you were talking about hair color, variety, blonde, brunette. That's right. Yeah, yeah something about that. And I said, "What? Well, you know, I like variety." And so Valeria put these two things together. She's like, "Oh, you like variety, do you?" And uh, and I've never heard the end of it. <laughs> Anytime the word variety is mentioned in our household, Valeria's like, oh, you like variety <laughs> every single time. So, um, yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, oh, I was doing this for variety. <laughs> okay, we'll switch back. It's just you, babe. Okay, let's hear the, let's hear the headline. Hunter Biden, Republicans demand investigation. That is right. So... I love this. I love this. Now, here's the here's the rotten thing. They're demanding an investigation uh, about specifically about the the gun, the gun uh, that he had. He had filled out his um, he had filled out his application for a gun. And he had lied on it and said he was not doing any drugs, which we know he was. Uh, they require like a test, blood test for drugs. You just have to say. Yeah, so he lied, and we know he lied, right? That's clear. So we know he's committed a felony, right? We know he's committed a felony. But the federal government has refused to go and investigate this or arrest him or in any way because he's the president's son. Would they have... His father already a president. Why they refuse to investigate? They, they, you think they would have been so generous with Trump's kids? Not a chance. Um, here's why I find this a little bit annoying, because Hunter is guilty of so much worse so much worse uh, and yet we're going to get him on this stupid gun application well he can i say, say he can say he made a mistake i say we go after him on whatever little thing we can find because i think of it as like al capone right they couldn't get al capone on the murders they couldn't get al capone on the racketeering or any of the uh, criminal stuff that he was doing but they could get al capone on tax evasion so he ended up dying in prison for tax evasion which is like, you, you you would have wished that Al Capone would have gone to prison for something much more, you know, relevant to, mm-hmm. to his level of criminality. 
in the same way you want Hunter to go to prison for something much more serious, you know, because he is guilty of much more serious crimes. His best buddy uh, did go to prison. Uh, I, I actually haven't kept up on that story, so I need to check that out. But he was prosecuted for cr- crimes with the, the same company that Hunter's in, but Hunter was ignored. Hunter was ignored because of his father. So rules for thee, but not for me. That's the Biden way. Uh, but let's go ahead and have a look at this story. Excuse me. Republicans call on Biden's ATF director nominee to investigate Hunter Biden for potential felony. Is this going to happen? Of course not. But let's keep reading. I like that they're pushing it, though. I love that they're pushing it. Um, a group of House Republicans sent a letter Monday calling on President Joe Biden's Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, uh, the, the nominee David Chipman, to investigate Hunter Biden if confirmed. Uh, well, of course, he'll be confirmed for reportedly falsifying information during a background check in order to illegally obtain a gun. The letter to Chipman, first obtained by the Daily Caller, was written by Republican Virginia Representative Bob Good, a man who I've never heard of before, <laughs> and signed by over 20 House Republicans. In the letters, sorry, in the letter, Good asks Chipman to publicly com- commit to investigating Hunter Biden, uh, referencing a political report that Biden answered no to the question about drug use on firearms trans- transaction record for a gun in October uh, 2018. Just years prior, he had been discharged from the Navy Reserve after testing positive for for cocaine. Biden also allegedly sent a text message on January 29th, 2019, saying his former sister-in-law turned girlfriend, Hallie uh, Hallie Biden. Isn't that freaking weird? I always think that's so weird that he started dating his dead brother's wife. I mean, could you imagine if Trump's kids did... Like, the stuff that this guy's gotten away with and the media hasn't pushed him on. I, I talk about this in a in a, in a recent uh, in in a video I'm going to put out pretty soon on Mr. Reagan. <clears throat> he uh, just the double standard is incredible. Like if this had been Donald Trump Jr. that had been guilty of all the stuff that Hunter's guilty of, it would be front page news every single day, all day, for like you know for like months. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. His his girlfriend who was his brother's wife. Hallie Biden. Is it Hallie or Haley? I don't know. Um, she stole a gun from the trunk of his car, and then the police and secret in Secret Service. Wait, what? Okay. Anyway, you guys heard about that story. She stole a gun, threw it into a garbage thing. The police and Secret Service went looking for it. Uh, she threw it away due to concerns that that uh, Hunter might use it to kill himself. Uh, anyway, so this guy, Bob good wrote i write to ask you publicly to commit to investigate allegations that hunter biden uh, falsified information during a background check in order to illegally obtain a firearm should you be confirmed by the u.s senate as the director of the bureau of alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives the letter states i think the reason that he's written this letter is so that when the guy is going up for confirmation to you know he's got to talk to um congressman to get confirmed right mm-hmm. they're gonna ask him about it and say well you've got this letter you've had time to think about it what's your what's your answer my guess is that he'll weas- try to weasel out of it in some way but republicans can now push and say well you got the letter you know that he's he's guilty of this why would you not arrest him um in the letter good says that everybody should be held to the same standard regardless of their connections or last name such a good point what is funny this super chat. Stop. It's Hilarious. related to this article. Okay, okay, okay. It's from I an, will an, pause. An Sony bike box. 
is 20 bucks. Okay. We don't. Okay, fine. Thank you, whoever wrote it. What, who, who's, who wrote the Chipper it's Chat? It's Tom Christopoulos. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually Chris... know him. Yeah. You've met him. Yeah, in, in D.C. I think that's right. Are you? I think that's right. I was in D.C. in 2019. We had dinner with somebody, remember? Well, you were last time in D.C. without me. So. No, no, this is the first time. So, the, his super chat is Hunter Wanted Variety. <laughs> I told you it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, that was worth stopping for. Okay, let's see here. The letter good says uh, that everybody should be held to the same standard. I love that. I love that point. Because that's a point that you cannot argue, either on the right or the left. The idea that your kid, because you're the president, gets special treatment. And this was never true about Trump. Tr Trump's kids, in fact, got really bad treatment for being Trump's kids. But Hunter has been basically getting been getting treated like a prince this whole time. I understand why you, 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 sound, you sound like you're surprised. What do you mean surprised? Like... The, the difference between how they treat no i'm not surprised i'm saying i'm i'm impressed uh, you were at this guy's this guy's okay. this guy's letter i think this is a really good strategy it's sort of like chess right you're basically putting them in a corner where they have to either say yes we're going to go after uh hunter biden or no we're not going to go after hunter biden and we agree that nepotism and the double standards are fine right he's he's it's it's like when when you got uh your your knight doing that l shape and it's either going to take your queen or it's going to take, you know, your rook or something, right? It's going to take, it's going to take something, you know, and you got to move something out of the way, but something's going to go, right? Okay. So they're, they're basically trapped. Uh, many Americans are rightfully alarmed by these reports, considering Mr. Biden's drug history, uh, sorry, history of drug use. God, I don't know why I can't read today. I can never read. I got a problem with reading. I'm not a good reader. This is why I don't do teleprompter stuff. <laughs> in the past, the Biden family has been open about Mr. Biden's struggle with substance abuse, and Navy records indicate his discharge from service following a positive drug test. Since lying on a background check uh, form is a felony, this allegation merits investigation. Sadly, lying on background checks is common, often called lying and trying, but rarely prosecuted. The Government Accountability Office reported in 2017 that of the 112,000 lie and try crimes that uh, that year, only 12 were prosecuted. The letter continues. But see, I think that this is this is a critical thing to do to prosecute him for this and to investigate and to prosecute him for it. Um, specifically because uh, he is he's such a high high you know uh, high profile figure and he's somebody that you know what the government should say this is a this is a law that okay. needs to be enforced. Even if they would prosecute him mm -hmm. for this felony yeah. can he just say oh i was too high while filling this application i don't think and that's I'm an adequate taking yes and no so yeah, yeah. i'm yeah, not lots of murderers <laughs> lots of murderers often say oh when i shot that person in the head i thought i was using a squirt gun because i was too high i don't think they're going to get away with it but you can try <laughs> i'm sure he will <clears throat> Let's see here. Uh, Good told the Daily Caller that Chipman needs to step forward and acknowledge the report in order for Americans to understand the consequences of breaking the law. President Biden has signaled uh, that his administration is willing to strip Americans of their right to defend themselves through a series of unilateral gun control measures. Meanwhile, his own son publicly confesses to consistent illegal drug use and unlawful behavior prior to purchasing a firearm. Hunter Biden's comments expose an unacceptable double standard <clears throat> that must be addressed. 
Knowingly making an untrue statement on background check form is a felony punishable by 10 years in prison. Good told the Daily Caller before sending the letter. I'm sending the letter demanding the Biden's ATF director nominee, blah, 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 blah. We got it. But anyway, point is, I love this story. I love this story, and I love that Republicans are finally acting tough against the degenerate Democrats. <laughs> are you laughing at me, or are you laughing at another super chat? It's you. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I can't tell. Darling, if you, can read, if you cannot read sometimes... It's okay because you are perfect in every other way. <laughs> oh, gentlemen, get a wife that lies to you. It's so nice. <laughs> All right, sweetie. Next article. Yes, please. Warning. Public safety crisis coming as officers leave the force. Okay, well, this is a relatively sh- short uh, story, but the, the point is just that... Are they leaving force or are they leaving guarding black neighborhoods? No, they're leaving the police force. Well, that's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. So this is on Fox News. I'm just going to go ahead and play the clip from Fox News. I normally don't just play clips from other media outlets, but in this case, I think it's appropriate because the guy being interviewed is pretty sharp here. Let's see. Big cities, small cities, small towns, villages, we interact with officers um, who are uh, either injured physically or emotionally and psychologically. Now, that's the area I want to talk about right now is, is the psychological and the emotional injuries that are taking place because they are part and parcel of why cops are leaving at record levels. And it isn't just NYPD. It is quite literally every major city in the country. And I've been, you know, mm. during our discussions previously, Harris, I forecasted a, a criminal justice um, uh, crisis, and it is barreling towards us. A public safety crisis is coming towards us like a freight train. And we are seeing this is just the beginning. And I don't want to sound like, like uh, the, you know, uh, the, but the sky is falling, but the sky is falling. All right, so here's why I wanted to talk about this. Um, Valeria has mentioned before, like, if black people don't want police patrolling their neighborhoods, just take police out of the black neighborhoods, Uh, which I disagree with, because I know that there's good black people who are the victims of these crimes that we do need to protect. And um, I don't think that... Okay, well, then send only black cops there. Every time they, they will shot a black criminal... You won't have this huge process. That may, that may end up being what we have to do. That may end up being what we have to do. But I will also say that if we do have a limited number of police and they do have to start, you know, stepping away from the black neighborhoods where there is all this crime, you're going to have a problem where... Because I think you're going to have a lot more what they call white flight Right. White flight is when white people just move out of the city and they move into the countryside uh, because they don't want to be around crime. And so you get these black neighborhoods that are just become more and more and more infested with crime and they take over more and more of the city and white people just move out into the suburbs, move, move out into the uh, <clears throat> countryside. And we've been talking about it. We've been talking about where we're going to move. Uh, and we're definitely moving out of L.A. because, uh, you know, I have this citizen app that tells me what crimes there are around around us. And within like maybe a five mile radius, there's probably like, I don't know, four or five stabbings, shootings, some kind of armed something, some kind of somebody's gotten shot so, every that's, single night. That's why I deleted that app. 
Yeah, it was, and and I don't like Valeria to walk around outside downtown, and and she she gets mad at me for that. But like, what happens well, when she gets shot? To, well, you asked me to buy to buy you a drink today, so I had to go outside and buy you a drink. We do have a small market that's literally at the bottom of our building <laughs> that she can exit, and she has to do maybe like what is it like ten feet, twenty feet between between <laughs> two feet between our door and the door of the store. So. That a distance, even though I do worry about her, even that distance, uh, I, I, and probably I shouldn't take that risk, but I don't think it's the biggest risk in the world. But there always is some kind of like crazy homeless person out. It's always, every single time. I remember when we were in Boston, we lived like basically in a center Mm -hmm. and there was like one crime in like how many oh, days oh, we were the there app, for four the, from days the app. Yeah, and yeah, it sure. was like one crime. But it was during coronavirus and there wasn't anybody out. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, every single time you go downstairs from our building and you leave our building doors and you take a right and you go uh, take another right into the little market downstairs, it is a little bit like playing football. You do have to kind of weave and dodge and try to get around the homeless person without touching them. Because you don't want to get that filth on you. I don't know what they've got, but homeless people. Maybe the boy, Maybe this is why we are immune to coronavirus, babe. <laughs> We've been infected by so much filth from downtown LA. We can't even catch coronavirus. That is interesting because homeless people don't catch coronavirus, really. Oh, we were discussing this before because they live outside. They breathe it's fresh, fresh air, air all the time. They don't wear masks. They have yeah. a free food available for them. They live this. Paradise. Homeless people have got to have the best immune systems on earth too, because they just catch whatever 100%. is out there all the time. Um, all right. Basically, the point I was trying to make with this story is that cities are becoming so disgusting because of like you can hear sirens right now, right now. The problem become worse while COVID because all these lockdowns, no people on the street, and homeless people just start shifting here. Oh yeah, like there's much, there's in, many more little encampments. In, there yeah. wasn't homeless. They actually around. cleared the homeless out at the beginning of COVID. They like were trying to put them in they hotels. They were trying to start camp behind behind <laughs> our building. They cleared them all out. They cleared everybody out. All the streets around here were clean. It was amazing. And then as they started to come back they actually filled in places they weren't before they weren't they didn't yeah. live before because the homeless came back before the rest of the population so there were a lot of places that people normally were hanging out in that there was no people and so the homeless just took up camp there and so now there's many more encampments around LA and places that they weren't before so yeah it's gotten worse and worse and worse the homeless problems worse the crime problems worse um our city's particularly bad because we have a a, a district attorney that's just absolutely appalling i'm really thinking of moving out if not la for now because i have this situation with my <clears throat> immigration stuff maybe we have to move out to orange county yeah we might move to orange republican county mayor i think it's i think she's a republican yeah we've considered san diego we've considered orange county we've considered going back to oregon i consider we, orange valeria wants to go to texas uh so that's been a consideration to florida <laughs> That Florida is good. Well, the only reason she wants to go to Texas is Have you is been it's in Tampa, cheap. Florida? It's the other side. I have, yeah. Is it nice in there? The, well, the, I didn't see much of Tampa because I was there to see someone. So I. Who? Lou Shaber. Damn. Okay. <laughs> it was not a woman, it was a guy. I went there for his wedding. Guys, no drinks today because he's still 
did mention this <laughs> Not yet. It's still not the end uh, of the live uh, Yeah. So there's a lot of nice places in this country. Uh, and sadly, a lot of the really nice places... You know, it's funny. I actually once tweeted something like, why are all the best places in America overrun by Democrats? I and, asked this. And a lot of, and a lot of uh, uh, conservatives who live in conservative areas were like, what are you talking about? You just haven't been to where I'm from. And I looked up some of the places that are from, and I'm like, these aren't nice. <laughs> like, like if you go to where where I'm from in Oregon, it's like beautiful evergreen forest, waterfalls everywhere, uh, unbelievably beautiful coastline. I mean, it looks cold. like Malibu. Yeah. It is cold. It is raining, but it's it's a rainforest. I mean, the vegetation. It's one of the most beautiful places you'll ever go in the I world. I agree, one hundred percent. But it's cold. <laughs> it is in cold. It, not in the summer. It's cold. It's not in the summer. Cold. Not in the summer. Uh, if you go to Hawaii, I mean. I, we've never been to Hawaii. We both went to Hawaii last year for the first time ever. Seriously, one of the most amazing places we've ever been to. Uh, I didn't think I would even like Hawaii, but I, I freaking love Hawaii. It's just a jungle. I mean, it's just amazing. And uh, completely overrun by Democrats. Uh, Oregon, completely overrun by Democrats. Washington State, completely overrun by Democrats. Southern California used to be... I met an Uber driver who was... It was funny, actually, because he was not a racist guy. He was like a Democrat. He was like a he, he had been raised a Democrat. He grew up Democrat. Uh, he was a white guy, though, and he was in the 50s in L.A. And it was all white people out here by, at that point. Right. And he's like, this was like the nicest place in America to grow up. It was amazing. Growing up in California in the 1950s, he was like was uh, it was like a utopia. Anything you want to share with the class, darling? Anything you want to share with the class? No. Yeah, you're looking at your phone again. So I am that would be something exciting. Stock market, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to take your phone every time we do these shows from now on. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, but how so are this... I'm going to take pictures of the Super Chats. Oh, that's over. <laughs> that's over. So this guy was saying that back then, before a bunch of different, you know, it became like racially integrated in L.A., Back when it was all white, he was like, it was like the most amazing town and it's deteriorated. And his position was that it was because there were so many immigrants that had come in. There were so many uh, people of different races that had come in and made the city worse. I mean, I don't know. I, I, mean, I wasn't around there back then. I obviously don't share his perspective necessarily. But it was an interesting perspective that the people who that this place used to be so amazing and now it is absolutely horrible. Um, I don't know if it's a racial problem or if it's a problem based around some cultural issues or some other kind of issues. I mean, that would be something that would be interesting to explore. But uh, certainly it's not made better by this idea that like, oh, let's let the gangs take over. Oh, let's let murderers go free. That certainly doesn't help anything. Uh, and there doesn't seem... It, it almost seems as if somebody has decided L.A. is so far gone... That it's better just to let L.A. burn than to try to fix it. And so you've got all it's these... It's easier to just burn everything. Burn it down, start again. So so that's kind of where the Democrats seem to be. There is a, there is a concept in, um, in Marxism that what you do is you make uh, a country so miserable uh, and so terrible and you make it so uh, insufferable to live in that people will actually choose communism as a desperate means to get out of it. 
uh, despite the fact that they might be wary of communism because they've seen it not work in other countries, they'll still choose it because the situation that they're in is so bad that they're desperate and they'll try anything. And so that's that's what the that's what the uh, communists were trying to do in America for a long time, make America so miserable. And so I, I suspect that this is what uh, what, what's this guy that, that is the district attorney in L.A.? What's his name? Uh, shoot. Well, anyway, th- this guy and there's a guy in Philadelphia that's the same. I think his name is Krasnow or something like that. Anyway, all these Porge Poros people that are being put into these cities, I think that's actually their intent. I think their intent is actually to make the city so insufferable around the country. Like, your job is to make this town miserable. Your job is to make this town miserable. Increase the crime rates. Uh, create black lives matter rights burn down the cities their idea is to make life so miserable that we embrace communism i don't think that's actually going to happen what i think is going to happen is that uh just the rich people um the successful people gascon yeah gascon yeah gascon george gascon he's the the district attorney out here and um I think he's trying to, because he did it in, in San Francisco. He made the place so terrible, it was unlivable. But I think he's just going to push the successful people out of the city. Everybody who makes money is just going to leave. And yes, you will burn the city down, but you're going to burn the city down full of, you know, full of like uh, ethnic minorities, poorer people, uh, lower income people, people who are, you know, who can't leave. They're the ones that are going to suffer. You know, it's not going to be the rich people, it's not going to be the successful people. They're going to leave. So, I don't know. I mean, I can't tell people not to leave the cities. We're doing it. I want to leave the Yeah, we're leaving it. So, Florida? You know, maybe. Maybe. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. If you, if, you ha- if you hate cops and if you, you know, they're just making things worse for everybody all around. And uh, at the end of the day, Democrats are destroying the country and I think they're doing it on purpose. All right. Should we move on to the next story? Socialism. 91% of Venezuelans struggle to find food. Thank you, Doug. That was amazing. And you remembered 91% because I've written 90% on there. Study. Over 90% of Venezuelan households struggle to find food. So I think you guys are all aware that Venezuela embraced communism. That that was an amazing transition. I didn't even even do that on purpose. You... United States doing the same thing right now. That's what I, I just said. I literally just said that. Sorry. <laughs> well, when I hear Venezuela, of course, we, we knew before that they were struggling to find food. It was like while COVID and stuff. I remember pictures of money everywhere on the streets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Because like, their money was worth isn't nothing. It's worth nothing. the United States doing the same thing right now? Throwing money into illegal immigrants, like giving stimulus and printing out more and more money. Yeah, we're gonna get. Yeah, they're trying to make us Venezuela. Yeah. Like, and I and I saw this article. Uh, people found like in the old house, like some person was collecting dollars, like hiding it. Mm-hmm. It was worth four hundred thousand dollars back then. Now it was sixty thousand dollars. Right. So money just being... Oh, it's much worse than that. It's gotten even worse. But uh, <clears throat> my, uh, I have a very, very good friend from Venezuela. His name's Eduardo. And he is the most 
one of the most conservative guys I know. And the reason he's so conservative, excuse me, well, one, he's a religious Christian. What, you're going to get your phone again? <laughs> but secondly, you know, his, his mother still lives in Venezuela, and she's still suffering under this regime. And it's just absolutely despicable what they're putting their people through. They were, they were the richest country in South America. They were the wealthiest country in South America. And what happened? They regulated all of these businesses. Yeah, they basically nationalized all the businesses. They went and they became socialists. They 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 had the AOC Green New Deal utopia. Because people just paid twelve bucks for me to get my phone, okay? <laughs> Ten and two dollars. Is that what they wrote? Yeah. They wrote, "Go get your phone." <laughs> you guys, I love fighting you guys. against you. <laughs> Fighting against me. All right, let's hear. Study over 90% of Venezuelan households struggle to find food. This is so sad. A Venezuelan human rights non-governmental organization found a national uh, in a national poll that over 90% of people living in the country were food insecure. Uh, the office of President Juan Guaido noted Sunday. So, so Juan Guaido doesn't actually have any power, but he's he's kind of the leader of Venezuela, but the the guy who actually has all the power his name's maduro uh and maduro is a complete degenerate nicholas did uh maduro he he did maduro degenerate it almost sounds like he has this maduro degenerate yeah, yeah that's his full name yeah he's uh he, he's he's the marxist he's the communist so let's hear guaido who, who remains largely powerless there you go despite his status as the constitutional head of the state of the country has repeatedly condemned the regime of socialist dictator nicholas maduro starving the people uh, starving the Venezuelan people since the former was sworn in as president in early uh, 2019. When Maduro's last legitimate term uh, as president ended, so his, he's no longer legitimately the president, but he's the president because he has all the power. Uh, socialist mismanagement of the country, or sorry, of the economy and extreme corruption on the part of Maduro's top henchmen have devastated what was once Latin America's richest nation, uh, leaving many <clears throat> relying on eating garbage to survive. Uh, which is the image up here, obviously. Um, uh, or surviving on barely one meal a day since at least 2016. A study published last year that found that 15% of Venezuelans depend on consuming food scraps found in piles of garbage to survive. That's so crazy. The food security uh, survey highlighted by the office of, of the illegitimate president on Sunday was published by the Venezuelan Observatory for Food Security and Nutrition uh, last week. The poll found that only 9% of Venezuelans enjoy food security, meaning they have a stable source of food that they can rely on and know that they will be able to feed themselves the next time they are hungry. I've endured food insecurity because I was so poor after college. <laughs> and my parents were like, we're not helping you. You can you can figure it out. And I was like, I don't think I can. <laughs> I I you know I survived. I survived. They were right. Okay, let's see here. Uh, over ninety percent of Venezuelans who do do not have guaranteed access to food significantly surpassed the numbers in a similar survey by Human Rights Watch published in two thousand eighteen. At the time, the organization found eighty percent of the country could not access the amount of food they needed to survive. Uh, and that average, that the average Venezuelan had lost 24 pounds involuntarily in 2017. Now, this is where things get kind of crazy. The weight loss statistic is the most recent one available of its kind in the country. Uh, so, okay, so check this out. Uh, how, how far down do I have to go to find this? 
there's a bunch of other statistics about how poor people are and how desperate they are to survive. But I wanted to read... Okay, yeah. Well, let me read this. This is this is nuts. Okay. Os- Ovsan, O-V-S-A-N, has also warned the Chinese coronavirus pandemic has worsened the food crisis in the country. Maduro has... This is a very poorly written article, by the way. This guy did a lot of... I mean, he made a lot of mistakes. He He's just a, a bad writer. Maduro N has enacted a bizarre lockdown schedule known as 7 plus 7 in which the nation is forced into a strict lockdown. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. They're forced into a strict lockdown for seven days, followed by no restrictions on movement whatsoever for the next seven days. It's like the weirdest thing. No evidence suggests that the system works in no... It's been implemented in no other country in the world. Okay, everybody, you're locked in your houses. Nobody's allowed to leave. We will shoot you if you leave your house. Seven days later... You can go do what you want now for seven days. Okay, get back into your houses for seven days. Like, what a weird... Why would he think that that I would work? Know. It's bizarre. I guess Maybe the idea- he follows this logic when what doesn't make sense will work. Like all of this COVID restrictions. Yeah, yeah like, like, like communism. As crazy yeah. you go. I mean, if you think about it, like coronavirus... You know, if you if you get sick, it only lasts like a week, right? Uh, so maybe I, if everybody who's sick I goes home. I took a screenshot. Gavin Newsom today tweeted, no joke. New California's COVID nineteen positivity rate is one point two percent. Not only is it the lowest in the country, is the lowest positivity rate California has experienced in a year. The light at the end of the tunnel is bright. All caps. First comment. First comment under his tweet is. Yo, bro, you scared of Caitlyn? <laughs> I think Caitlyn may be <laughs> the next governor of California. I'm still going to call her Bruce and him. But, I uh, call her Katerina <clears throat> because it's Russian uh, version of Caitlyn. What's the Russian version of Bruce? No. Bruce. <laughs> Boris. Bryce? Boris. 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 Boris Jenner. We're crazy. That's kind okay. of funny. Uh, okay, but this thing gets even funnier. If you could, if you could talk about people starving to death, is funny. This is it. Okay. Um, let me go down here. So here's the cra- okay. So this is pretty crazy. Venezuelan civil society groups first warned the world that the nation had run out of food in 2016 after three years of Maduro in power. Since then, stories of Venezuelans hunting cats and dogs for food, yeah, killing and eating zoo animals. I can understand some zoo animals, other zoo animals not so much. I've heard that tortoise soup is the is like the most delicious thing in the Which world. One? Tortoise, tortoise meat. Tur- like tortoise. Tortoise. Yeah. The British say tortoise. Isn't that weird? They say tortoise. They don't say tortoise. Tortoise. Just sounds wrong. Anyway, um, the, but there's a story of a tortoise. The uh, from. It took like a like they went to the Galapagos Islands. I think it was the Galapagos Islands, right? My uncle. Why are you interrupting me? I will beat you. I won't interrupt you. <laughs> it's about turtles and soup. Yeah, yeah, hit me. So my parents yes. had a turtle. Yes. For like years, it's still alive. It's oh, still growing. Not, okay. Is there? Yeah. Like, yeah. This mm-hmm. turtle. And my uncle, when he was alive, he was always joking that we can make a soup. 
out of the turtle and uh, do make an ashtray out of her oh. uh, what's this called like her shell yeah shell. that's very cruel yeah especially because you, you were like a child my uncle died my turtle still alive <laughs> <laughs> the turtle killed him <laughs> the turtle no, tripped him over unfortunately yeah no he, he was like an alcoholic right alcohol. yeah yeah no but uh but uh this uh so charles darwin and various explorers right they went to the Galapagos Islands, right? Mm-hmm. And where did they go to the Canary Islands? I think they went to the Galapagos Islands, right? Yeah. And they went ahead and they found this uh, this giant turtle, mm-hmm. the giant tortoise. And they were going to take this tortoise back to England for botanists to look at it. And, you know, so they had like they had like several. They had like six that they brought specimens. They brought all the interesting animals they could find back to Britain on the mm-hmm. boats. But the crew found that the tortoise was so unbelievably delicious that they ate them all. They ate all the tortoises. The tortoises. Yeah. It was, they apparently taste like beef or something, right? They taste like beef. Really? Well, apparently these tortoises. Know. Can you legally try it somewhere? Well, we're going to find out someday. But um, yeah, but it's like, um, it's apparently like a very buttery beef. It's like a very it's it's like the it's like Kobe beef or something. Like it's mm-hmm. super super nice. So they would just I don't know how they prepare it, but they were all they were all throughout the trip they would just eat all these tortoises, and they kept going back to the islands. and And it took like a, a long time for them to finally develop a scientific name for this tortoise because they were so so delicious that they just ate them all. <laughs> they kept eating them. Is that now why you? Can I think eat they them? might have gone extinct. Actually, I think they might have yeah. eaten them into extinction because they were just so damn tasty. But I find that fascinating. I would like to try a, a similar species if if there is one that still exists. Uh, I would like to try this frogs. Yeah, in France, you they eat frogs, but um, I think I think uh, Darwin was actually part of a society of people who who ate specifically ate exotic animals. They would eat like ostriches and stuff, weird stuff. That was like their it was like a club. They would serve up these weird. Anyway, let's keep reading here. So this is this is this is pretty fascinating. So they would they're hunting cats and dogs in Venezuela right now, killing and eating zoo animals. And some people have died after eating toxic vegetables like sour yucca. Isn't isn't or yucca. Isn't yucca what uh, AOC, AOC was, was telling everybody that they needed a plant yucca. in their garden so that they could be like more, they could be like less colonial? Stupid AOC. All right. Uh, so this kind of thing has become commonplace in the country. Venezuelans have taken to referring to their starvation and weight loss as the Maduro diet. Which I love that. Okay. So like. Chris, you're trying to lose some weight. Should I know, I need to go, to go move to Venezuela for a while. Well, here's why I love that they call it the Maduro diet, right? They're obviously losing weight because they're starving to death, right? Which is a very serious problem. But they have enough... Like, the people of Venezuela are tough enough and sensible enough to recognize that, you know, to get through a struggle like this, oftentimes to survive, it's best to maintain your sense of humor right they've obviously been able to maintain some kind of a sense of humor Mm -hmm. and i love that i just love that it's just kind of shows how these you know how tough these these venezuelan people are there was a movie called in the 90s called like life is beautiful and it was about this italian jewish guy in 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 the world war ii 
you know, he went to like a concentration camp or whatever, but he didn't want his kid to know th- about what exactly was going on. So he would try to turn it into like a, some kind of summer camp thing and make it funny and fun and was always trying to make his kid laugh and uh, tried to make it seem as nice and fun as possible to sort of spare his kid from the horrors of what they were experiencing. Really great movie. You haven't seen Life is Beautiful, watch it. It actually won the Best Picture Oscar, I think, of that year. I think. But anyway, uh, amazing movie, and uh, everybody should go watch I won't tell you how it ends, but uh, there's an ending. <laughs> there's an ending. Uh, amazing film. Amazing film. Life is beautiful. Check that out. All right, so uh, so that's what I wanted to mention, the joke about <clears throat> the Maduro diet, which in honor of the dictator Maduro. Uh, Maduro, who is sig- significantly heavier than most Venezuelans, Maduro is fat. On the other hand, Maduro, who is fat and regularly appears on television feasting on empanadas and cake, joked about this mass food shortage in 2016. He says, Maduro's diet gets you hard, no need for Viagra. What a piece of human garbage. What a piece of human garbage. Uh, Wealthy uh, Venezuelans in Maduro's inner circle do not appear to lack for any food. They've got a supermarket called Megasis. It's an Iranian-owned supermarket, and it's well-stocked for all of their uh, the rich people. He took a trip to a luxury trip to Turkey in 2018 uh, that included a stop at a high steak, uh, high high-end steak restaurant owned by a local communist. So, if he was out of the country in in Turkey, where was the CIA? Come on, guys, what are you there for? <laughs> Take that anyway. Uh, I won't say it because I'll probably get this video banned. But you guys know what I'm talking about. So. Yeah, so that's nice. Uh, this is what AOC wants. This is what we're going toward in America with people like Gascon trying to destroy our cities, with people like AOC pushing the Green New Deal, with, with people that are in the Biden administration uh, pushing us toward socialism. This is what they're going to end up with in America. And in fact, there are some people in America who live like that because of our degenerate leftist policies. All right, well, that is it for the news. Donald, you don't have anything to say about that, do you? All right, so let's move on to the questions and comments. If you want to say anything, now is the time. Speak to the world or to the... How many people do we have? (laughs) To the uh, uh, 147 concurrent viewers. And only 80 likes. I'm sorry, what? 140 people watch us and 80 likes. Yeah, what the heck, guys? Like, subscribe. Don't hit the notification bell because you'll get way too many notifications every day. But like okay. and subscribe for sure. First super chat from Andrew Beerward. Oh, Frank James wrote, fat, remind you of anyone we know? Oh, that's brutal, Frank. I'm no longer friends with you. That's not good. Frank just called me fat. So mean. <laughs> true, though. True. All right, darling, darling, read, please. Okay, first super chat from Andrew Beerward. Have you... Sp- have your special event in Iowa. Have the butter cow presentation. <laughs> yeah, he. Ta- I've talked to uh, Andrew Beerwert, and uh, yeah, he loves Iowa. He thinks Iowa's great. I don't really know anything. I've never been to Iowa. Me too. Yeah, no, we've, we've never been. Uh, it's very flat. That's all I know. But there's a lot of farms. But good people, from what I hear. Good people. Oh look, eighteen likes. Like nine. Like, now we have ninety-eight likes. Good job, Valeria. Valeria, See? Valeria, shout, get a little shout 99, out. Ninety-nine, almost one hundred. Come almost on, who's gonna 100. hit a hundred? Who's gonna hit a hundred? I already hit my like button, Chris. 
We're a little bit delayed, sweetie. Yeah. Oh, 100. Okay. Good. Right, there we go. There we go. Okay. Next super chat. Uh, from rightful king of the poles. That's interesting. Oh, have the butter cow presentation. There's apparently a cow made out of butter every year at like the state fair or something like that in Iowa. That's what he's saying. All right. So sorry. This is rightful king of the poles. Yes. Uh, please have Larry tell the DiCaprio story. <laughs> also, also, how ironic if a gun is what Lowe takes out. How ironic if a gun is what Lowe takes out. Hunter Biden gives his dad gun grabbing given his dad's gun grabbing right yeah, right. yeah if, if if the thing that finally takes hunter out is this gun thing uh, and his dad's railing against guns that's nicely ironic yeah yeah everybody everybody uh, appreciates yeah, okay. that irony you want to tell uh, the story of uh, dicaprio so valeria worked on a show called once upon a time in hollywood and uh she got to know the whole cast and crew over there on uh on that she knows all she knows all like if, if we went this is the weird thing about working in hollywood because everybody considers i think um Who's the guy directed that movie? Mm-hmm. Tarantino. Tarantino. Everybody can consider Tarantino like a legend, right? But like, it's weird to me to think that if we were like in a bar or a club or something and, and we're hanging out and Tarantino is there, he would recognize my wife. And he would call him a short Russian. <laughs> I think that's such a weird thing, right? You don't really think of people in movies and TV shows as recognizing you. But now that we've lived in LA for so long, there is a certain number of people who are famous that we could we if we ran into we would they would know who we are and we we could have a conversation with it's very strange it, it it's not strange when you're doing it like like back when i was in hollywood working at warner brothers you'd talk about celebrities and talk to celebrities pretty much every day and you never really think too much about it but now that i'm out of it again and i'm looking at hollywood as like a completely separate entity from me it is a weird thing to think about i don't yeah. um i'm not in it anymore i don't really uh, it's a completely different world, but yeah, the the fact that people have way too much respect and revere Hollywood and actors way too much, I think. <laughs> so the story is, I worked on the movie, and I know all of the. I mean, I see how all of the stars acting. Yeah, because that was a scene. lot of stars in that in that movie. Yeah, yeah, and I just saw the contrast between like Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio. They both stars. Everybody knows them, and. DiCaprio, I mean, Brad Pitt was nice. He was, like, joking around. He he didn't look like a guy who just... His wife just got divorced with him and, like, took six mm-hmm. kids, you know? He was, like, just fine. But DiCaprio... He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't have the arrogance of a movie yeah, star. Yeah, but DiCaprio, or he was kind of like... We have this expression, Rush, like a star disease. Uh, if yeah. you have it in America, like he had an attitude. Attitude that he has this kind of attitude, like <laughs> oh, you old pieces of crap, and I'm this like famous, <laughs> yeah, you know, actor. Yeah. Like I didn't really like find. Him. I've never worked for Leonardo. I've never worked with him, so I can't tell you tell you one way or another what I think of him. But I take Valeria's word for it. But you can you can tell who is like nice and who is not. But he Valeria's was- favorite actor, the one that she got the closest to, physically Don't- and and emotionally. <laughs> uh uh, was from the television show 90210, Beverly Hills 90210, if you remember that. And his name was, you want to tell him or do you want me to tell him? Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Yeah, that's right. So funny thing about Valeria, <laughs> she used to watch this show called Riverdale. It was a terrible show. I hated this show. It was on the CW, right? I CW? loved the show. She loved the show. And the dad who played, the guy who played the Archie's dad, because it was like Archie from the Archie comics, but it was really a messed up show. Uh, and um, 
but the guy who played Archie's dad was Luke Perry from old, you know, Beverly Hills 90210 show. And Valeria didn't know who Luke Perry was or anything like that. She just knew him as the dad on Riverdale. Well, when she worked on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Luke Perry was in that movie. And Valeria had to play a character. Well, she was a stand-in for one of the actresses in that movie. And The problem is that I watched <clears throat> Riverdale yeah. after I worked on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, That's so, why I didn't recognize. But the thing, the weird thing about movies and TV shows and 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 people in in uh, and actors and stuff like that, they don't always look that much like their characters in the movies. Like I've I've met many many actors and actresses who are much more attractive in real life than they are in, like Drew Barrymore. I've never th- thought Drew Barrymore was very pretty in in movies and TV shows, but in real life, I, I ran into her once in uh, I don't, out in Hollywood. She was beautiful. Like in real life, she was beautiful. This is the this is in the nineties or early two thousands. She was pretty young still. And uh yeah, I was just like, wow, Drew Barrymore is like weirdly beautiful, like far more beautiful than I would ever have thought uh from movies. And some people are like that. Some people look better in real life than they do in the in the films. Uh but then other people don't look that good at all <laughs> in real life. And in the movies they look so much better for some reason. Um, and you guys probably have seen this with people on Instagram or your friends. They take great pictures and they don't look that great in real life or vice versa. Uh, I, I take terrible pictures. I look terrible in pictures. Um, but in real life, at least I used to be better looking. Um, but uh, with Luke Perry, for whatever reason, Valeria works with this guy. She knows him personally. And then she watches this show that she loves the show and she never realized that it was the guy she knew. She never realized that, oh, I know that guy. She never didn't recognize him. She just liked the show. She liked the dad on the show. And then Luke Perry died. It was last year? 2019. 2019. So 2019, Luke Perry died. And I knew that Valeria knew him, you know. And uh, it was really sad. I mean, Valeria was very sad because she was like, oh, yeah, I knew he was really great. You, you thought he was great. Uh, uh, what was he like on set? Hmm? What was Luke Perry like on set? It's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Good man. And then... Yeah, I think you need to clarify Valeria went physically this <laughs> moment thing. Yeah. She had to hug him on the show. She had to hug him. Yeah. Yeah. And and so and so she... And that was like a long take, right? It was a long take. So you, you had to like be sitting there hugging him for like ages. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, so they got to know each other reasonably well. And then she watched the show... Riverdale, and she's a fan of his as well as being a friend of his. I didn't recognize him first because he wore so much makeup on, because they aged him. They aged him for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so, yeah, so when he died, it was a little bit heartbreaking for Valeria, but she didn't even know she, that she was a fan of his. I had to point it out. I was like, yeah, it's too bad. And he's, you know, and, and she had the show on, and I was like, yeah, there's your friend. And, and Valeria's like, I never realized. <laughs> I never realized until this moment, and it made me even more sad, which is which is even worse. I shouldn't have mentioned it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Tom Christopoulos writes Hunter Wanted Variety. Oh yeah, we already read that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Okay, Tom. Uh, Otaku Magnet says I live just north of Tampa. It's very conservative. Just south of Tampa is Sarasota. Look it up. It's beautiful. Okay, Sarasota. I heard about this. Yeah. Uh, the Pharaoh King writes for Valeria. You want to read this? Yeah. Uh, for Valeria, so she has a reason to go pick up her phone and keep it next to her where it belongs. You guys, 
<laughs> Forbidden Maybe. chocolate, same thing. Go get your phone, Valeria. You people, how dare you stab me in the back like this? All right, let's see here. Um, okay, we got anything else? Oh, yep, yep, that yep. was it. Yep. Uh, Tom Chrysophilus writes, "I recommend the variety diet." Uh, okay. I think I recommend the variety diet. Okay. Are uh, speaking of diets, I'm actually doing this, uh, I think I told you guys this Viome thing. I know I'm obsessed with it, but I haven't even tried it yet. I mean, I haven't got my results back yet. We haven't even mailed the sample out yet because Larry hasn't left the house. But uh, I'm going to, when I do take the test, it's going to be a couple of weeks. I'll, go, I'll let you guys know how it goes. I wanted to do a lot of stuff today because I have a day off. I can like do this and that. And then I woke up and I see this immigration and it's not just uh, hours. Like, it completely ruined my day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm... I just want to go to sleep. She and didn't wake cry, up, like, but she was like, that not, close. Nothing happened. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. But we'll fix it. We will fix it, darling. All right, are we done for the show? Ah, uh, yes, we are. All right, guys, you are the best audience in the whole of YouTube. On the whole of YouTube, and uh, we cannot wait to see you guys uh, tomorrow and talk about more exciting, fun news. Uh, I thought we'd have more news today because the weekend usually there's a lot of crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty tame weekend. But there is something about John Kerry. I, I was going to mention the John Kerry thing, but I didn't get to look into that news in more depth. I figured like it was a pretty big story. So that might come tomorrow. Looks like John Kerry was tipping off the Iranians about um, some stuff that was going on with Israel. So that could potentially be devastating to John Kerry's career. Not that he's, you know, his career probably should be over by now. He's so old. But uh, anyway, so we'll probably look into that tomorrow. Anyway, um, Looking forward to talking to you guys tomorrow, and uh, have a great night. Larry, do you want to say good night? Good night. Good night, guys. All right, see you tomorrow. Toxic masculinity. All right, that was great. I, I think that was a good show.